Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We'd like to wrap 2020 with weekly live Q&A sessions here on the podcast. So after this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support this holiday season, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. everyone. I'm Hello. Hannah. This is Kelty. We're upbringing spirited kids. Go. They're beautiful. They're amazing. We're going to talk about all the reasons our kids spirited or spirited moments are helping us grow up alongside them. We, <clears throat> we really talk and we're here to support the struggles that are happening. But damn, it feels good mm-hmm. to hear from someone who says, wow, I'm seeing not progress in my kids obedience, but saying, wow, I'm feeling connected about this new way of going about discipline in a way that doesn't just meet my kids' needs. It mm-hmm. meets my needs, too. It feels good for both of us. Mm-hmm. Like, I that's so that. cool. Yeah. Um, this week on uh, our lives, on all of our Instagram posts, we're talking a lot about respect. What is respect? How do we teach our kids respect? How do we give respect? How do we get respect? What is respect? It seems like this kind of like this currency that is exchanged between human beings. It's so weird. What's this whole thing? We give it, we feel it, we notice it, we use it, Mm -hmm. we abuse it. Yeah. I don't know. Respect in some ways is this like currency about power, I think, Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. You know, I think in our traditional parenting context, it's saying, tells us in our minds, wait a second, our kids need to show us respect. It goes one way. It goes up the food chain. Right. People from the bottom show respect upward. And that is only going downward if it's being earned. Right. Right. You respect your elders. And elders, you can give a little respect or some kudos based on their behavior. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But that's not how we need to to interact. I mean, that shows us 
that teaches our kids,、mm-hmm. wow, they're only worthy at certain times. Everyone should be worthy all the time. Otherwise, they're in constant、yeah. state of stress and self-loathing. Right? We want our kids to love themselves and to be、yeah. able to show up with confidence. And if if kids can show up securely in situations, they can actually help other people and support、mm-hmm. others and do well. Let's talk more about worthiness.、Okay. Um, as people are filing in here, I see a lot of people starting to share their stories. Someone says, "Sometimes I feel self-conscious around other parents when our children are in conflict, and I don't respond by trying to control."、Mm. Oh my gosh!、Mm-hmm. Someone else says, "I still catch myself saying that's rude to my six-year-old sometimes, even、mm-hmm. though I know that's not how I want to speak to her."、Mm-hmm. It can be so hard in the moment, especially when triggered. Ah,、oh. and triggered、yes. is the name of the game. I think with our kids, when we want to respond and say that's wrong, that's bad, that's unnecessary, that's rude, that's it's disrespectful.、Yeah. When we want to say those things to our kids. It's not coming from research, which is saying those things is not how kids learn. It's not how they feel good about、mm-hmm. themselves, or figure things out, or build skills, or stay connected to us. All of those phrases that come so naturally out of our、mm-hmm. out of our mouths are based on our own experiences growing up. Oh my gosh!、Right? Let's read some of them. So we came、okay. out with a support strong will kids guide.、Um, some of the phrases that come so naturally. Actually, these are all positive phrases. Well,、so、we're telling the, the, the phrases though.、Um, Type in what's going on with you, and we'll kind of tie it into this respect, disrespect,、mm-hmm. challenging behavior, spirited kids.、Um, we were on Modern Mom Probs, a wonderful parenting resource、um, on Instagram, and she's coming out with a new book in the new year, which you can pre-order. Tara is amazing.、Mm-hmm. We'd love you to go over to Modern Mom Probs and check her out. We talked about the spirited kids thing, which I think translates to. All kids, all kids have a spirit.、Yeah. All kids speak up, stand up, stand strong, right? And we're all culturally programmed to say, "Sit down." That's disrespectful. It's rude.、No. Sit down. Your spirit—it's cute when you're excited, but、mm. it's not so cute when you're angry. Sorry. I'm feeling like it might burn the house down.、So、I might <laughs>、yeah. say one of these things. When kids disrespect, this is the post we did this week. We model revenge. Say that one more time, and I will.、Mm-hmm. We model gaslighting. I did nothing to deserve this. We model egotism. How could you treat me this way? We model conditional love. You're disappointing me. Where we show it in our tone. I feel like disappointment and shame are so much about tone.、Mm-hmm. We model manipulation. Change your words or no TV. We model shaming. You're making grandma sad. We model domination. Go to your room. We model disrespect. You're being so disrespectful. That's what's so crazy about it. We're, we're like, we just gotta teach our kids to respect others. So we're gonna disrespect them about it. <laughs> <laughs> It's so backwards that we're using these tools of oppression, of control, of disrespect to try to instill the opposite of those very things. And it, it doesn't—it's like、so、an Audrey Lord, like the master's tools will not dismantle the master's house. It will not work that way, right? So, But we're programmed that way. And you、mm-hmm. mentioned Amber. You said this not so cute when you're angry. We、mm-hmm. all think of that. We're like, oh, I love that spiritedness in you. I、mm-hmm. love when you speak out and stand up. But not to me at bedtime. Not to me at bath time.、Mm-hmm. Not to me about cleaning up. And like we cannot expect our kids to be thought leaders, change makers, innovators, rule empaths, rule breakers as adults in like the best kind of form of the word. If we're not letting them do that as kids,、yeah. with the, with the skills and the brains they have, it just doesn't look pretty. It's hard yeah, even, to believe, right? Even this person who just shared, my oldest son, ten, is super alpha male, always has to have the last word, and is constantly <clears> challenging. <throat>、um, 
My husband is the same way. It mm-hmm. causes a lot of conflict. I feel like the mediator. Help. Mm. Oh, I just feel like no kid is alpha male. No kid is anything except a kid. And I don't, I, yeah, I don't want to ever condemn a child to a label of they are this all mm-hmm. the time. Right. And maybe your son is, has been learning from your partner and that is totally or normal. Or maybe you're just seeing that connection. You're adult it. to child, child, child to adult. I think adults, that's right? something that we see too. Like we're, we're coming home and seeing our kids taking on these traits that we abhor in politics. Oh my God, you're interrupting all the time. Oh my gosh, you're walking all over my voice. Oh my gosh, you're, um, you're so rude to me. I'm a woman. Don't you need, you need to know that you can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy for us to project these things and forget that it's a child with a growing brain, right? With no impulse control, without the skills to be managing their feelings and their needs more adaptively and that's our job when I think instead of mediating and you were talking about that is I don't want to be the mediator help me but I think the mediator again yes it can be the role of how can we get everyone's needs met but I think the mediator and the goal and the role of us as parents is to really create Mm self-awareness it's to say your oldest son who's 10 help them understand what they're needing because if a 10 year old can eventually understand Mm -hmm. what he needs when he's mad about dinner or slamming the door about a sibling, or feeling super frustrated about whatever, then he will be able to manage his impulses and communicate those needs and not be taken by surprise by them. Folks who behave in erratic, impulsive, unkind ways as adults uh, do that because they don't have the self-awareness to have noticed it beforehand, non-judgmentally check it out, and then think about what to do, and then communicate. Mm -hmm. And that's the process we're interrupting and reconditioning in our kids who don't have the prefrontal cortex. We're building that prefrontal cortex with them, right? Mm -hmm. Our husbands are another story. Let's work on the kids. Yeah. And I think we don't have to be that mediator. Yeah. We can be what we like to call sensitive support staff, right? So our kid is always challenging. They feel alpha male. They're really hard, right? My husband is also doing that maybe. So what do I do? Instead of mediating, I'm going to just start naming. Sounds like you this. How are you doing this? Let's take some space. And maybe there's some mediator role of that, but a mm-hmm. sensitive support staff says, I have no skin in this game. It's like, it's very like, it's hard to, um, to, to get to sometimes because we're taking it personally. We're seeing our partner like this. We're seeing our kid like this. It's really hard. Yeah. But if we can get to that like semi Zen state, if we can detach just enough to get through the moment to separate people, to name emotions, to say it seems frustrated, to put a pin in it and say, we'll talk Let's about this down. later once we're calm, right? It's yeah. so hard though. It's really tricky. Someone said, how about the Nana who pretends to cry and have her feelings hurt? Sure. I think that there's so much um, good intention in showing a child how they hurt you, but we have to be so careful with our power because our power, when we show a child hurts us, we're saying, wow, you have a lot of power over me. Wow, that hurt me. I'm going to shame you. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids can interpret that in a shame way where they're like, oh my gosh, I hurt Nana because I was just trying to get my needs met. I was just so being then, me. I was just expressing. So then they're, they're accidentally connecting these early experiences as a child of expressing self, getting needs met, communicating based on their skills with disappointing another person and disappointing another person that they love and mm-hmm. want to not disappoint, but impress impress and connect with and 
and you know like love right yeah i think that we we use our love as such a tool and our and our respect and that's tying back into the whole conversation is is saying if you do these things i will respect you less i will love you less is such a tool that we use basically a shaming tool and i think with the best positive intentions mm -hmm. you know our our mom has done the same with our kids sometimes everyone's done the same saying when you do that or say that, it makes me sad. Or <clears throat> I'm just going to act aloof and feel frustrated. And that's why we're so weak, are so sensitive to shame and shaming. We're sensitive people by nature. We're mm -hmm. not spirited. We're spongy, empath empathetic type people. And that we, we pick up all those vibes. Some kids are more <clears throat> immune and they're just like, okay, what's well, her problem? Whatever. Mm -hmm. And other kids' temperament is more sensitive and they're more, I think that some people can take advantage of that and say, that worked. When I said, oh, you hurt my feelings. And they said, uh, I'm sorry, Nana. I guess I won't express my anger anymore. I'm just going to stuff it down now. Oh, um, okay, so I guess that when I have a feeling and it makes someone else uncomfortable, I should just shut that off. Right. I shouldn't tell them that, especially people who are close to me. Right. Right. And that's a conversation we can have with our in-laws, with our parents, with our friends. Frank or in a modeling context, we talk about in a lot of our caregiver clash episodes. Everyone's yeah. coming from their own upbringing, from their yeah. own cultural conditioning. I it's love, like so natural. I love, Kel, that you're talking about um, like considering the impact of mm -hmm. what we're doing on our child. The way that we're disciplining or teaching or supporting them, what is their experience of that? What is our child learning to believe about themselves, us, and the world based on our discipline? So when we feel really upset about what they said or did, what are we teaching them? What are they experiencing? When I have a feeling I'm letting someone down, that's not what we want to teach, mm -mm. right? Oh my gosh, when I when I have a need, if I say it in the, the way that I can right now based on my skills, I'm letting someone down. The same type of thing. So mm -hmm. we have to remember not just our kids and their experience, but we also have to remember our power and our role as caregivers. Mm -hmm. It's one thing for a child in their class to say, I don't like how you talk to me. That's a great learning opportunity for them. But for a, a caregiver and an attachment figure to say, you disappoint me, you're making me sad, mm -hmm. you are affecting me. From what we've read with research and done in our training, that is a little bit too much pressure for a child who needs to be building their self-awareness, mm -hmm. their own needs and getting in touch with those before they're considering other people's needs. That's like, it's so opposite to what we've been conditioned <laughs> yeah. to, which says, focus on the external look good what's make, the impact make everyone feel good you made her sad you put a cramp in her day you were annoying to this person we need to socialize them we need to tame them right we That's, need to show them what's okay and what's not based on what they say and do and how that lands on another person yeah. and i think that we we yeah. often talk about impact when our kid hurts another person's feelings sure. but that's not the first thing we talk about the first thing we talk about is needs what were you needing we focus needing. on the self-awareness of the kid so that they can be like cultivating that themselves someday when they fuck up at work and someone is like, I cannot believe this thing. Instead of saying, what? I'm going into shame blame mode. Why would you say that? I've gotten in trouble in the past mm -hmm. for, you know, messing up. So when I'm just trying to meet my needs. So I'm going to get defensive right now. I know we all know people like that who the second they get any sniff of, some, right, of someone having a critique of them, they're fragile. They're defensive. No, I didn't do that. What do you mean? As opposed to someone who is secure and who can say like neutrally to themselves oh. what, what was i needing that's so mm. interesting that they didn't believe that they didn't like the way i did this thing interesting mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna think about that for a minute 
I'm not taking it personally. It has nothing to do with my worthiness, my sense of belonging, my worth, who I am. Am I good? Am I bad? We're, we're knocking all those things off the table. It's just something I did or said, mm-hmm. right? But that's the problem with parenting is how do we separate what our kids do from their lovability, their worth, their belonging. And from who they are because our kids can't. And our that, ki- and yeah. that's why we don't go there. We don't say what your impact is in those early years. Mm-hmm. Later, once they've built up the self-awareness and feel a little stronger in their self-concept, mm-hmm. can they handle the impact that they have on other people? This but is, they have to go from the inside out. This is like a whole other bone <laughs> I want to pick with Brene Brown. So oh, yeah. We, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about Brene Brown's family gap plan. We've got some problems with it. We want to talk with her about amending it. Like, seriously, Brene is all about empathy, vulnerability, authenticity, courage, And yet her family gap plan that she recommends to parents in the pandemic world has five things which basically shame children for their emotions, their expressions of emotion, and their um, ability to reconcile and communicate Mm -hmm. when they're um, struggling. Mm -hmm. So it's no harsh words, no nice faces, no harsh faces with nice words. I'm like, it doesn't even make sense to me. (laughs) Um, Say you're sorry. And, and, and accept an apology with thank you, and then more knock-knock jokes and puns, which we cannot argue with. We love with. those. Right. Yeah. Um, but basically, her, her gap plan says, do these things or fail your family. It's basically setting everyone up to fail, mm-hmm. not, not thrive. Because let's get real, mm-hmm. all of the kids in our lives, and us too, we yes. can't get through the day without harsh words. Because child brain, because mm-hmm. stress, because mm-hmm. building skills, right? We can't get through the day, which is even better, and an improvement with kind words, harsh faces. Right? So we're kind of getting passive aggressive a little bit. We say like, no, that's fine. Is that kind of harsh? But I'm saying, no, that's fine. I'm not like, no, that's fine. Fuck you, whatever. Like, <laughs> right. that's progress to me. Right. Is, is a, like a harsh face with nice words. But Brene's gap plan, which we want to talk about and amend with her, mm-hmm. if you have her contact info or someone to contact, help us get in touch with her. But it, it's been so wonderful because it's been this catalyst to bring up these ideas. How do we want to show up in our family? What rules can we actually use to control another human versus build a family culture? Mm-hmm. Do we want to have rules that control other people, which is impossible, and the only route you can go about is more control? Or do we want to find ways to cultivate self-control or self-awareness, mm-hmm. right? Or giving grace when people are struggling. Yeah. If this whole plan is designed through the pandemic, to help families that are struggling, why would we put pressure on them while they're doing that? Mm-hmm. Why would we say, no harsh faces, no harsh words, say this in an apology scenario, instead of give grace, let off the pressure, take a little room, repair on your own terms, know that everyone's doing the best they can, right? Right. That's our little piece about Brene. We've got a bunch no, of but, folks but I, I started off saying it because <clears throat> I don't think that that kids can and adults mm-hmm. can separate guilt from shame. And that's mm-hmm. a big thing that Brene brings up as well is saying, there's a difference between guilt and shame. Some kids are like, oh yeah, I have some guilt about this thing I did, but no big deal. Mm-hmm. And the kids that feel shame are crippled by it. And shame I, just doesn't exist randomly. Yeah. It doesn't. Shame is a tool that people use and parents cannot distinguish between guilting and shaming their child, period, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's a whole other thing that we want to talk to her about. I feel like we have a lot of comments here, what's going on. So what about when you are so triggered you need to walk away? How does one do this with a kid who completely freaks out and tries to chase you? It feels like shutting them out. 
not sure how to do this respectfully when I feel like I'm going to explode. Yeah, that's great. And then we'll yeah. get you to you, Siggy, in just a minute. We talk often Maggie. about taking a preliminary timeout. So those moments when the kid might chase us because we're saying, I need to go. I'll be right back. I need some space. I need to walk away. Let's dial it back from there. Next time, I'm going to be noticing these feelings, be noticing this escalation, be noticing these behaviors in my kid. And I'm going to walk away when I can say it even more neutrally. I'm going to say it earlier. I'm going to say it before they're dysregulated. I'm going to take a a personal timeout so I don't send my kid to timeout or spank them or yell at them or do any of the things. And then those times that we can't and they chase us, sometimes we need to close the door and say, I love you. I'll be right back. Close the door, lock it, do our deep breathing, scroll our favorite app, whatever it is, count to 10, do some um, kind of like connection-based, mindful wash our hands. practices, right? I'm usually in the bathroom, so yeah. I wash my hands. <laughs> Get that water yeah. flow, that, that warm water feel. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, and then come back out, hopefully a little bit refreshed and say, even though there was banging on the door and screaming and clawing at the door, that's okay. How you doing? I'm feeling a little better. What can I do? What are you needing? Mm-hmm. Right? And we only take that break if we're going to use it for good. If we know we can actually take it not in a punitive way. I'm separating you from my love. In a productive I'm way. separating you from my attention. I'm mm-hmm. pulling, I'm cutting the cord that says, I care about you and I have esteem for you right now. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're saying, I have all the love in the world and I'm struggling to support you. I'll be right back. And we come back saying, I'm back. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. But I love that, Kelty. It's so much about the self-awareness of saying, this can happen once I've already asked you to clean up the living room and mm-hmm. you've said no and we've gone back and forth several mm-hmm. times. Or I can take that preemptive deep breath centering moment before I ask you, hey, so what's our plan tonight? We got to clean up here and mm-hmm. then what do we do, right? We, we want to make sure we have that awareness of when can we be calming ourselves so we can show up the best way we can. Yeah. And then if we can't and it's all totally thrown to shit, and it's hard and we didn't show up the way we wanted to, we have the circle back, right? Yeah, the circle back yeah. is in our trust step of our resist approach. And it's it's our chance basically to teach, to repair, to apologize, to connect. Because in the heat of the moment, our kids' prefrontal cortexes can't take it. If they're dysregulated, they can't hear us. They they're can't not learn. Yeah. They can't understand what's going on. And I feel like those are the moments that we feel most compelled to teach. They've got to know. i got to drill it in. i got to say, <laughs> don't do this because of this. You've got to do this because of this. I need you to understand. And in those moments that we feel that stress to get it all in there right yeah. now, we can lean on that. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to circle back about this. It's going to be okay. It's like when you wake up way too early and you're like, I'm going to have a nap later. And you never have the nap. But you're like, I'm going to have that nap. I can picture it. I'll be back in this bed. It's going to be warm. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to get me out right now. And that's what happens in those heat of the moment situations. We're going to circle back about this. Mm -hmm. Let's take all the pressure off the moment. All I need to do is regulate myself and help co-regulate and calm and de-escalate the situation. The situation isn't about whether my kid ultimately cleans up the mess they made. It's about whether I can stay calm enough to regroup and think of the long game about this, mm-hmm. which is creating a positive association, buy-in, collaboration via our connection about this cleanup situation. About cleanup, about sibling rivalry issues, yeah. about hygiene, about being at the dinner table, about bedtime yeah. stuff. <clears throat> All the things we give a shit about, we need to be creating a positive association with. And that's the catch-22, because yeah. we're like, that's where all the struggles are. Yeah. That's where we want them to be taking, taking those over in a lovely way. 
now. How, how do we do that? Yeah. And I think that that's, that's what you're kind of leaning towards, Hannah, is taking off the pressure in the moment, not mm-hmm. being permissive and letting it all go, but saying, where can I be edging along a little in a calm way, remembering that the cooler I am about this, the better it's going to be for everyone. Thinking of yourself as someone who's like a boss at a mm-hmm. job, do you think a boss would come in with the employees noticing they're not working enough or doing something to their expectations and start grinding on them mm-hmm. and doing the thing and why didn't you do this and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. A real boss, someone who has ultimate power and influence, would walk by and notice. Mm-hmm. And they would notice this didn't get done. How's this happening? Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Right? They're not putting the pressure of a situation that's imbalanced on the child or the co- the worker the person beneath them. They're saying there's a mismatch here. I'm going to notice that. I'm the one that's responsible mm-hmm. ultimately for this. So I'm going to take that information. I'm going to observe. Oh, my kid's not wanting to brush teeth right now. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring that up at the next staff meeting right. of our family. I'm, not I'm not right now when I want to explode at them. Right. I'm going to take a lunch break on this. Mm-hmm. Right. I love it. We've got a lot of, oh gosh, wow. lots, lots of stuff. comments here. Okay. What do we got next? I feel like Siggy was next. Thank you all for being here. Um, <clears throat> I'm like, text us. Send in your your stuff. What's hard right now with discipline? We want to talk about the hard stuff. Talk about what's the good stuff. Talk about spirited kids. Talk about respect, power, all mm-hmm. those things. Let us know what's going on. Let's see. Siggy said, why? Oh, go up one, a little more. Okay. Um, my six-year-old daughter is butting heads with her teachers regarding school and daycare rules to wear proper winter wear and crossing the street without her teacher supervision, having a hard time explaining mm. why these rules are in place at school, even though she can cross street to playground and decide for herself her outerwear at home. Oh, man. Six-year-old. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, and it's so hard with the six-year-old. I mean, that's beautiful that she's saying, um, excuse me, I'm a conscious consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, I do this here. I am buying into the school situation here. I need more information. I yes. need more buy-in. I need more agency. That is beautiful. So mm-hmm. I think the mindset that we go into with that when our child is defying a school or another system not or institution, this is not the end no, of the world. This is her in 20 years being like, why is this work protocol in place? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I should wear whatever the fuck I want at work. Okay, doctor, you said you want to do what test? Why? Mm-hmm. Explain yourself to me, please. This is beautiful. So mm-hmm. that that's like the mindset we want to approach is generally with. And then I would say is just saying, how can I show up for my child, my six-year-old who doesn't want to wear certain clothing or not cross the street when she's at school, when she's got this dissonance of like, wait, other world at home, other world at school. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling to reconcile these two things mm-hmm. and saying, how can I show up in a way that's not putting myself in between her and the school? I don't have to represent the school. I don't have to be the patron, you know, sign person mm-hmm. for the school. I can just be side by side with her oh that's so hard they want you to do that what so so it's like that is ridiculous it's different there than it is here interesting why why do you think they make you hold hands or put the coats on so all the kids have to wear coats interesting okay so how what coats Hmm. could it be a sweater can it be a coat we're telling Hmm. her your um kind of impulse to question Mm -hmm. authority to question systems to compare systems Mm -hmm. right is good and i'm going to support you side by side to help you find a way through this that you feel good about Mm -hmm. i don't have to take on the school and say because the school said 
because da 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 da, mm-hmm. which is so easy for us to do, is to say, yeah. I'm going to pair it and be the, the, the what's it called? The <laughs> spokesperson. Yeah. Right. The sign on spokesperson for the school, which is then basically recreating the situation she has at school where she's not feeling heard or seen or have agency. Yeah. We get to be that person who's like, oh Spirit. my gosh. Build that side baby by up. side. Yeah. We're working this. I'm not the person. It's the powers that be that say this thing. What are we going to do about it? How can we make it work? <sighs> what could we ask your teacher in terms of compromise? Do you have any ideas? Cool. So maybe some days it's colder and you feel better about it. Or is it every day? Mm-hmm. And we're just that neutral like sounding board for our kids. It's not a stressor. Ultimately, it's the teacher's job to get their their shit taken care of. I would, I would feel very pressureless He'll be like, that's their thing. <laughs> I can be working my end they here. They have to, their rules because yeah. they'll get in trouble. Your teacher yeah. will get in trouble. But we're talking, those are their needs. No, but I mean, let's focus it, on yours. In ultimate pressure, mm-hmm. the teacher has to deal with my daughter. Right. So this is not my problem. Like this is actually on the school and her to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, but I can be acclimating her and being that safe sounding place and like all those things. How can we explore yeah. it? How can we neutralize it? How can we just, maybe she just needs to even get the feelings out of how unfair this it sucks. feels. I don't like putting a coat on. Oh, I don't want to do that. And right. you'd be like, you don't want to do that. Oh, well, I remember worst. a time. I remember having Ugh. to do that. I remember having to put a hat with a scarf that was attached on and oh, my God. mom wouldn't let me leave to ride my bike without it on and I remember standing there crying it was like scratchy wool I remember the same and thing. Hannah was like looping the block on our bike and I just I couldn't go because my mom wouldn't let me leave without the sweater on mm-hmm. yes I'm 38 and I'm carrying that how would you handle perfectionism in a child I know my husband and I both struggle with perfectionism especially during stressful times I'm trying to work on it myself to model it for her but Worried she's affected by it. Is mm-hmm. validating enough? I know I can't quote unquote fix it, but she's so young and I want to help her as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I that's think, so hard. Oh, totally. How it's young such, is she? It's such a, a, a worry that we all have when we see our kids going hard on themselves. Convince them. Don't do that. You don't need to feel that. It's okay. It's just a project. It's just a drawing. Mm-hmm. It's just a... It's not a big deal. Even if we're not fixing, sometimes we feel the need to minimize. Mm -hmm. It's not that big a deal. You tried. This this actually works. It looks really pretty. What do you mean? Right. You went so far in that game before it fell down Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. But I think that the power we have isn't in the moment with our child. I think there's some power there where we can just validate the feelings they have and say, you're disappointed, Mm -hmm. you're frustrated, you want it to be different. You want to work harder you didn't, you at didn't it. You like that, how it turned out. You you wish it were a different way. I hear that. I feel that. But I think the real work we have as parents is to stop criticizing our kids' behaviors and choices mm-hmm. in other moments. And I think oftentimes, not saying you do that necessarily, but in just a natural discipline, it happens mm-hmm. that can often with sensitive kids. Sensitive kids are the ones who tend to go really hard on themselves because they internalize that voice, that inner voice. The judgment. I'm not doing it right. (sighs) Should have made a different choice. I need to get to this level Mm -hmm. to feel worthy or to feel seen or to feel whatever. Mom really didn't like it when I did this thing. And I think it's a really common thing that sensitive kids have. Even when we're trying to discipline and teach and do it in the most respectful way, they're saying, I need even more sensitivity from you. I need more grace. (sighs) I need more patience, right? I, I, I cannot hear the word mistake, wrong, bad, mm-hmm. other choice, right? Why did you do that? You have a consequence of thing. 
that showing, that's training them to believe in these binary terms of achievement. You win or you fail. You're good or you're bad. You succeed or you disappoint. And I think in that too, it's all about our modeling, mm-hmm. the ways that we're showing up instead of walking in and seeing the tree set up. Oh, how magical the tree but I really want the lights like this instead. And, and I'm hoping that we'll have a mirror on the wall soon that reflects it this way. All of those things are saying, it's not good enough. It's not where I want it yet. It's not enough. I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's modeling and practicing this, this vocabulary around lack. lack. Yeah. yeah. It's so. something we all struggle with. We're all in our 30s trying yeah. to achieve. We're not all in our 30s. <clears throat> Okay, we're all aging gracefully, <laughs> trying to achieve and trying to say, what is that voice in our head that's telling us we're not good enough? We need to do more. This isn't done enough. It should mm-hmm. be better, right? And we have to remember that those are the voices we're giving our kids, right? And yeah. so what are some things we do? I feel like we try to, to speak fluidly, mm-hmm. uh, temporally. So this is this is uh, how I'm liking it right now. Mm-hmm. This is um, what I like. I like to wear blue lately. It's my We're favorite struggling right through now. this situation today. Yeah. Right? You're you're getting frustrated with your brothers right now or about this thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's okay. And I think we always do we, we, we want to be very sensitive to praise and judgment. So we're not praising and saying, You're so good at this. You're so wonderful. You're so smart. You're so, you're so smart. pretty. You're so because it's raising fast. this bar that oftentimes the kids feel they can't achieve. And if they can't achieve it, then they start adopting that negative self-talk themselves. I couldn't do it. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And they go hard on themselves. Yeah. So it's it's a long process, but there's so many ways we can go about it to just say, I'm holding space for what you're doing. Yeah. It's, I'm it's saying, basically like this isn't working for me, but I'm, it's not about your love or belonging. I'm yeah. here for you. Yeah. So much of it is really like we try to do in any conflict or challenge with our kids, which is just downshifting to neutral, mm-hmm. like being like, and just nodding and saying what we hear and mm-hmm. validating. You didn't like it like that. You want that thing to tape up right along that line of that other thing. Your room is too blue. Um, your hair <clears throat> won't wiggle straight. That was a really big one for Hannah. When mm-hmm. she was really little, her hair yeah. would not wiggle straight. I think she had like a cowlick right here. And she would I have cr- like the wavy, she it's would, not curly, it's not straight. But she would cry about it every morning. Your hair yeah. won't wiggle straight. And I think that that sometimes you are given that empathy and other times maybe not so much. Um, Probably not so much. No, but really. It turned into a family joke. Let's be honest. But it takes the pressure off us as parents to fix, like you said, um, or just to minimize, to convince, to talk about it at all and just say, just put it out there. Just sportscast what you're hearing. Okay, okay. Just validate and acknowledge and be loving Mm -hmm. around this thing that's stressing your kid out, whatever it is. Which is basically normalizing difficult emotions. Yeah. And that's the beauty that we have with our kids is we don't have to fix them. We just have to normalize them, create a a zone of comfort and and the safe space to say, life's going to happen. We're always going to feel like we didn't measure up. We didn't feel good enough. We're hard on ourselves. That's part of achieving. We want them to consider Hey, how could I do better? But we don't want it to be at the expense of their self-worth. Yeah. So all of our discipline, and that's why we're so hardcore about separating what kids do from who they are, because mm-hmm. they can't. We're the ones that create that connection or separate that connection and mm-hmm. say, what you're doing, you're meeting your needs. I can't let you do that. I mm-hmm. love you. I'm doing it as carefully and lovingly as I can mm-hmm. because I don't want you to think that you're less of a person 
because you're getting your needs met in a way that's developmentally normal for you right now. Yeah, but maladaptive socially. Right. right. But that's so, driving me crazy. I know. Someone else said, how to help a nine-year-old boy manage emotions. He can stay angry and vengeful for hours, but regrets behavior later. It's the same. It's holding <clears throat> holding space, being neutral. Ziggy mm -hmm. said, oh, that's a huge point. Encouraging self-awareness first. Oof. Yeah. So what, um, sure we read that. So we have these ones. Absolutely. Um, self-awareness over uh, socialization so is what we say. primary. Yeah. yeah. Like, then we have our to be kids primary. build that. We got laughing faces. I don't know what we were saying at that point. We're behind here, everybody. We need someone scrolling through. Um, my four-year-old daughter is spirited and sensory seeking, someone says. So always on the move. She's often super physical with nine-month-old brother, mm -hmm. hitting him in passing, picking him up, trying to roughhouse, etc. Mm -hmm. It triggers my, ah, respect other people's bodies feeling. How do I support them both? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's the, the in our minds, we're saying respect other people's bodies. Mm -hmm. But do you know how a child will learn to respect someone else's bodies? It's not through control and being told to do so. It's being aware of their own bodies first. The, that inside out approach we talk about. And right? it's about us respecting theirs. Mm -hmm. The number one way a child will respect other people's bodies is not by us curbing their own behavior with others as much as us interacting with them in a respectful consent-based way. I love that. It's like yeah. a two-pronged thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, your daughter is young and making decisions based on the size of her brain, which in the prefrontal cortex is very small and she's mm -hmm. building those skills in that brain. So we have to model what we want to see. So we're asking for diaper changes. We're asking if we can brush hair. We're can really careful. We're setting boundaries. Hey, I don't want you to jump on me without asking first. That's so great. That's us. But then we also have to understand the, the programming and the nervous systems of our kids. That even if we're modeling everything and we understand the development, that maybe she's still, as you said, sensory seeking. Mm -hmm. She's still saying, my body needs something. My nervous system needs something. It needs to push. It needs to be rough, right? Mm -hmm. So where do we go from there? Yeah, we talked about this on Tuesday's live session, which is on the podcast uh, this, this Monday talking about a toddler hurting their new baby sibling mm -hmm. and how so often we're compelled to put that pressure on the kid. Don't touch them. Be gentle with I'm them. Control your impulses. Oh, I need you guys to be right. best friends. You're the best big <clears throat> sister. Come on. Why would you do that? Yeah. Maybe a little shaming. Oh, that's, that's making her sad. Look, she's crying now. Mm -hmm. And instead of doing any of that, what we recommended was basically controlling the environment and con controlling ourselves. And getting in there with the kid and saying, I see you moving over towards them. So we got up our game a little bit. I see you moving over there. I'm going to help your hands. Are you curious? Do you want to say hi? What's going on? Or mm -hmm. they walk by and give the baby a bop. That tells us maybe it's bop time of day. Okay. Like my, my son has banana <clears throat> o'clock when he's like, must have banana, going to scale all the cupboards and throw a fit about it. Mm -hmm. So this is bop time of day. Maybe there are multiple ones. <clears throat> That's generating awareness for us, not to shut down our kid, but to say, I need to up my game a little. I'm going to move the baby. I'm going to keep them higher. I'm going to put them in their, in their eating seat at that time. Or I'm going to be a little bit closer and more on hand to save my child from themselves, to set them up for success. I love that. I think so much about it is awareness of noticing their environment, mm -hmm. the needs, but also just believing that kids' behavior is information mm -hmm. that's necessary for us. It's not information that we can then punish and control because that doesn't get our kids anywhere. They don't believe anything better about themselves. They don't build any skills. They don't get closer mm -hmm. to us, right? We have to see behavior as information that we can then work with, not against. Wow, my four-year-old 
is sensory seeking and needing to push at this time of night. Oh, of course they want to push a little sibling who's right there and available. Mm -hmm. What else can my four-year-old do? Mm -hmm. Can we at this time of day, because I've noticed and created that self-awareness you're talking mm -hmm. about, Kelty, can we create a sensory opportunity, right? Where there's, they're doing jungle gym time. They're doing what we called a doodle bug circus with our dad, where we did all these flips and dips and pushes and different things to get their bodies regulated where they're not feeling the urge and the impulse, which is so natural to push and taking it out on a kid, a younger kid, that they're gonna then get punished for, right? Mm -hmm. We don't wanna put them in that situation. So what can we do to support the bodies and needs that they have in the moment, right? Rather than waiting for it to happen and then having to crack down later. Yeah, it takes a little bit more effort and mm -hmm. awareness for us. It's really hard. Someone else says, <sighs> yeah. still struggle with three and a half year old being aggressive towards his little bro. I try to always approach neutrally, but he actually seems happy and a bit smug. I think that's okay. I think mm -hmm. approaching neutrally is is the key, regardless of his behavior. So mm -hmm. sometimes he's smug and he's like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, or you just dove in there and I just, I hit him on purpose anyway. I'm glad I did it. Whatever. All I right. wanted to hit him. Cool. That's tapping into our kids' freedom to feel and our kids' freedom to speak. We've got 10 freedoms and we've got a freedoms model on our website. All these yeah. places that we tend to over control with our kids with the best possible intentions their freedom to speak to feel to know to contribute to express to choose to got three other ones play to move <clears throat> there's so many basically all of the pain points that we have as parents that are driving us crazy all these places where we're seeing resistance from our kids mm -hmm. where we want to really crack down and control those are places that Maybe we were more in control of when they were little babies because we controlled everything. And as they get older, more, more and more slowly, we're passing that baton to them, right? The power exchange is there. Mm -hmm. It's not, oh, they're growing, so I'm going to teach them how to grow. It's they are growing and I need to be sensitively handing them that power back, right? Yeah. And resistance equip, is that demand, them. that invitation of the kids saying, give me some back. I need I more agency, more back. I need more communication or more information or more connection. And we have to remember too what stress looks like. I think that mm -hmm. stress and suffering and vulnerability look uh, not like saying, mom, I'm struggling. I'm crying right Wouldn't now. That'd be great. These are I'm socially so stressed out right These now. These are socially acceptable ways for a child or a person to say that they're struggling. But guess what? Humans express struggle and especially kids who mm -hmm. have fewer skills and prefrontal cortex with judgment, problem solving, mm -hmm. self-regulation. They're going to express it in aggression, in anger, in gloating and feeling superior. All mm -hmm. of that is saying I'm vulnerable inside. I'm struggling. This is hard for me. And I'm trying to compensate and actually adapt right now. Yeah. I think it's so hard for us to see as our kids uh, maladaptive behaviors that we interpret as actually really adaptive ways that they're trying to meet their needs. Yeah. So much of that is <clears throat> we talk about our kids' behaviors being sort of these waves on top of the surface. Mm. They're so distracting. They're so engaging. They're so like, oh, they're choppy and I'm seeing all these things. Yeah. And how can we put our goggles on and go beneath the surface to look for the needs? Mm -hmm. What's going on with them? How can we instead say, why are you doing that? Or what's your problem? Or why? Or stop it. And instead Focusing say, on behavior. say, what are you needing? How are you doing? What's underneath? What's going on, honey? Basically what we need from our partner, from each other, when mm -hmm. I'm stressed out, when I'm like, you know, like, what's this? Why is this on the counter? What's going on with this thing? I thought you cleaned that up. Th that's my stress <laughs> yeah. behavior is nitpicking about spaces and things. 
And when you and when Justin and Hannah mm-hmm. are able to just, instead of being like, well, I put it there because of whatever, right? right? What do you mean? Why are you talking to me like that? Ugh, you're being terrible. So instead of defensiveness, we respond with connection, empathy. How are you right? doing? What's yeah. going on? And when you say that, it cues me. Gosh, I'm, I'm kind of being a little bit harsh. I think I'm needing something and I'm stressed and I'm struggling and I'm so grateful that I have these people in my life to be my doormat, to be the person that I can let it all out on, who can look beyond that and say, I give this person the benefit of the doubt that there's a need there that they may not be able to identify this moment, um, but it's there right? and it matters. And I I identify that and I see that and I'm going to love on them instead of hate on them. And we can't always do that for ourselves. We can always do that for our partners or sisters or siblings or kids. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's the work is growing up and saying, I'm not going to take this other person's behavior personally when I can. I'm going to say they do them. I have my own personal lens. I have my own struggles. I can put up my own boundaries, but my boundaries are not about controlling another human being. I can't set a Mm -hmm. personal boundary that says you can't say that to me. The boundary can be we can't talk this way right now or I need to step out of the room or Thursday evenings seem fraught. Maybe we should not get together then or whatever it is. But you can't put a personal boundary on another person. Mm -hmm. And that's been such a huge reckoning for us. Mm -hmm. We can set healthy limits with our kids. I can't let you throw that piece of glass or hold that thing. I'll take it from you. I'm going to stop your hand because it seems like you want to hit your sibling. And I can't let you hit right now. I'm going to stop your hand. That's Mm -hmm. a, a healthy limit for a kid. But saying, you can't talk to me that way or you can't say that, or don't run over there. That's not a a healthy boundary or Mm -hmm. a limit for a kid, Mm -hmm. right? I think so much of it is stepping into our our power. (laughs) How do we get in there in the middle and say, what is mine, what is theirs? How do I kind of operate in this this big question mark space? Like Mm -hmm. that's that's the work, that's that's our struggle. Liz, you say still struggling. Oh, you mentioned that. And then said that's a good reminder that stress can show up as different emotions, even gloating. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stress can come up as so much. Um, Do we want to read any of these disrespecting things or shame resilience? I think that so much is about our mantras and we could end on our mental mantras, I think. When our kids are struggling, when our kids are disrespecting us, when our kids are acting in really spirited ways that are challenging our beliefs, Mm challenging our self-regulation, our, our power, bu- our power, mm-hmm. our ability to show up, our communication skills, all the things. What do we need to remember that helps inform the way we respond to them? Mm-hmm. Right? So we don't just react. Right. We don't our, want to do that. With our normal control parenting toolbox, which is so natural. Right. Yeah. So some mantras, mental mantras, which are available in the shop. Yeah, we have a new mini guide out for strong-willed kids. It has phrases and mantras in Mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, mantras. I feel like that would be a nice way to end. Yeah. So here are some mental mantras with strong-willed kids. How do we support them? What do we need to be thinking to help ourselves help them? The strong spirit they show can be sensitively nurtured, not extinguished. I can give myself grace for loving them and struggle to accept them at the same time. Mm. Taking this personally is not helpful. They need a calm and loving presence. I don't want my spirited kid to feel shame for who they are underneath. The feelings and the behaviors, right? It's connected. Punishing or controlling their big feelings will only increase their resistance. My job is to connect, 
because their behavior can only change with self-awareness. I know I can practice setting limits in a loving way that helps, not hurts. That's the goal, right? Kids with, with a strong will have more sensitive nervous systems and need extra care. My voice about their needs will become their own inner voice someday. So I want to be careful about that, right? Mm -hmm. Their spiritedness gives me the chance to learn and grow up alongside them. We're going to have easier days and harder ones together, and that's okay. They'll keep coming to me to connect and learn if I can be a safe place now. The fierce spirit they show as a kid can become a superpower as an adult. And they struggle to express their needs respectfully because of their growing brain. So these are some ideas, these mental mantras we're trying to click into to help inform our feelings, our thoughts, our behaviors about our strong-willed kids, right? Our beliefs are what lead the, the entire chain of events, right? And we can't just tell ourselves to think of a new belief that's not limiting our, our kids and us, but it can help build some awareness yeah. and then take some, some, uh, some wording and some phrasing in the situation can also really help work the other way. So beliefs and then words, and they kind of inform one another. We have our Elements of Respect poster that's available in the shop on sale this week. Um, so head over there and check that out. Um, what can we be doing to see to our needs, to see to our kids' needs, to find ways and elements of respect to see them as human, to see ourselves as human, to get everyone's needs met, to build mm -hmm. the skills. That's yeah. the goal, right? And to be thinking about our privilege and the ways that we can use it. And we often feel so just inept. We're like, what are we doing for our greater culture, our greater society, our world that is struggling so much right now? What can we be doing? And we talk about all of these challenging behaviors and big feelings as such an opportunity to be leaning into as mm -hmm. we're breaking these um, these culturally conditioned systems, as we're interrupting um, these legacies of control, we're doing so much. Every time we can handle a tantrum with love and connection instead of control and correction, we're making change, right? It, it all counts and it's all mm -hmm. incredibly important, especially as like privileged white ladies. Um, you're doing the work. Mm -hmm. We believe in you. We're thinking of you. We're sending love. We're so grateful you're here. Yeah, thank you for all um, the love. It's been so great to see. We couldn't get to everyone's comments tonight. Um, we got a little bit over overloaded here. Um, and we always have next next week to yeah. be doing it again here. That's what's great about doing the twice yeah. a week lives. And we love all your DMs. We're trying to get back to them in um, typing or audio or via stories or in these live Q&As. We're trying to get there. and. We but really, our membership community yeah. is going to be hopefully what takes over for us in the new year. So go to upbringing.co forward slash join mm -hmm. to check out the membership where you can like dive in and be a little bit closer and more connected. And we don't have to fight the algorithm and a yeah. lot of other folks. We can just be connecting and you can be connecting with other parents who are going through the same things with the same values that you have around raising kids respectfully. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Connection over control trust over fear, progress over perfection. We're all doing this together. We're all growing up alongside our kids and we're so grateful you're here. Yes, thanks for being here. <laughs>